The biggest thing you gave me was time. I've always been a proponent of do the job, do it well. When you're a family, everyone in the family has to be treated with respect. Coach Wooden, it always started with uh, relationships. It always started with coaching people's hearts. I want to know who you really are, right? You can put whatever you want on paper, but that that doesn't really matter. His teachers, they meet the learner wherever he is. They don't care what you know. <laughs> they won't. Until they know how much you care. Like we talked, Ben, I, we don't we don't do a lot of formal introductions, uh, but man, you're so big time that I gotta I gotta figure out a way to introduce you, right? Because Ben Newman, ladies and gentlemen, he's a highly, and sometimes when you read somebody's bio, you kind of wonder if man, that's not true, right? <laughs> when I read yours when, when I read yours because I know it, I know it to be true. He's a highly regarded performance coach. That's not his bio. That's what I say, right? And then he's an international speaker. He's an author. I mean, I'm talking, damn, a big time author, right? Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestseller. That's big time, Ben, right? Just for me to even, right, have hugged you once before, that that's big time. Oh. And I'm gonna get your autograph a little later today. <laughs> um, but man, well, welcome, Ben. I, I couldn't be... I couldn't be more proud, more happy to have have my friend uh, on the show. So thanks for thanks for joining us. Well, Van, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be with you and, and all your listeners. And I appreciate you mentioning those things. But, man, it's, it's the relationships, it's the, it's the hugs, it's being on the sideline together, it's being in training camps together. It, it's being in difficult conversations with young men trying to help them be the best that they can be that has nothing to do with wins and losses that makes me appreciate my relationship with you. And let me just mention this real quick. This is an iron sharpens iron relationship. So you can try to convince the people all you want, <laughs> what you want to say, but uh, I, I learned from you. I love watching you coach. I love watching you lead. And uh, I just, I, I'm thrilled to be with you on your show. Well, man, we can go on and on, Ben, because we do that sometimes. We just go on and on. Ben, I love you. No, 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 I love you. <laughs> right. But let's let's jump into it, man. Talk to us. Talk to us about your journey. Right. Your journey uh, to becoming one of the world's greatest performance coaches. How did how did it all come about? Well, you know, I, I had to go through a lot of trials, tribulations, times where I got knocked down. And just what I alluded to, those, those tough conversations we've had with young men to help them really choose to get back up off that mat of life one more time, recognizing that we know because of what we've been through in our time doing this, your best is right in front of you, but you have to choose to continue to fight. And so I was really blessed as I faced challenge and adversity through different phases of my life. And I still face so much challenge and adversity today that I've had mentors. I've had coaches who were there to pick me up off the mat of life. And I'll share this with you. One of the characters in the books that I write, his name is Coach Todd Edwards, and that's named after Todd Basler and Edward Johnson, my two high school basketball coaches. I was at lunch yesterday with Coach Basler in St. Louis. These men, I played for these men 25 years ago, and we're still going out to lunch, and they're still sharing lessons of life with me. And that, to me, it's the blessing of coaching 
It's the blessing of having people to help you get through adversity in life. And I've been through my fair share. Yeah, I, I uh, true. I, ha I have a few coaches in my life, man, who I always tell them, I can't get rid of you guys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> actually, I think it's the reverse. You know, they can't get rid of me. I'm, I'm continuing to learn from those guys, just like, you know, you and I talk all the time, how, how we, like you said, iron sharpens iron, how we learn from each other and how we play off of each other. Speaking of sharpening iron, man, what, what does, we talk a lot about toughness, right? We talk definitely in football about physical toughness, but you, you do a great job with our team and, and with a lot of people across the country, across the globe, training them on mental toughness. What is, what is mental toughness to you? So I believe mental toughness is your, I mentioned this earlier, it's your ability to get back up off that mat of life one more time than you've been knocked down. And what I found, if I could go just a little bit deeper, is that everybody has this burn inside of them. I think there's a lot of coaches and speakers that do the work that I do, and they talk about why and they talk about purpose, which is so incredibly significant and important, but they forget to talk about the burn. They forget to talk about that fire, which is that sacrifice, that pain, that challenge, that deep rooted burn that's actually going to cause you to ignite the why and the purpose to then be disciplined in your action. And I found when people really aren't clear on that burn, they're less likely to get up off that mat of life. They're less likely to put in the extra reps. They're less likely to do the work and they actually fall suit into the tough trap that we live in today, which is my belief that the world is trying to tell us, go be weak, go wait on the sidelines, just go, just go wait, as opposed to what you and I grew up with, which is these coaches saying, go take what belongs to you, go create your opportunity. You're going to face challenge, but the challenge and adversity will build you. And so for me, it's always been the toughness, the challenge, the getting up, the having those people in your corner that have helped me realize the importance of mental toughness as you write your story. Right. So my next question, it, it uh, cause there's not a lot of people walking around with a shirt that says uncommon. Right. <laughs> and so, so talk to me, talk to me about that shirt. Talk to me about the uncommon, the uncommon mindset that you possess and that you try to put into other people. Well, first of all, I'll let you in on a little secret. When you make your own t-shirts, they can say whatever you want to say. <laughs> so, uh, I like it. I like it. Winners win, leaders so the, lead. The, the, the uncommon mindset, which we talk about all the time in our work together, is something that I really learned from David Goggins. And David Goggins wrote one of my favorite books called Can't Hurt Me. And he, he's known as the most mentally tough human being to ever walk the face of the earth. And he talks about being uncommon, doing those things that other people are unwilling to do. And, you know, if we were to ask all of your listeners, each, each one, you and I were to sit down and say, okay, we're going to have a coaching session. And just like with an athlete, we can say we want to win a game, but then we got to pull that statement down, put it right in front of our face and say, okay, what do we have to do in order to win the game? Right. And so for all your listeners, we can go to each listener. And ask that listener, what do you need to do to win on a daily basis? We all know what we need to do. Right. But then the highest performers, they're uncommon in how they show up. They say, but man, I want to do a little bit extra in this area. And I want to do a little bit extra in this area. And that's what we call the unrequired. The things that other people can't see, they won't do. They don't even want to talk about that the highest performers are the uncommon performers 
choose to make a priority. So I think there's an opportunity to identify what it takes to win, but then choose to be uncommon in your discipline and the follow through with the action that it takes to actually live that kind of life. Yeah. Wow. Lot, lot right there. Um, so, so you, man, Ben, sometimes you talk about the people you're around, you know, from, from fortune 500 CEOs to world-class athletes, um, to people like David Goggins. What is it, what is it about these, these big time leaders, these big time successful people? What is it that makes them different? What is it that you found that makes people uncommon? What is it that you found the people that, because you hang around winners, man. And what is it, what is that common thing that you find in all of those people? Well, you know, I, I think they all have that burn and that connection to that burn. And oftentimes the people who have a high level of success, there's consistency in doing what they do, right? So we could take your life for, an, for as an example, right? So you grow up at, you grow up in Houston, go and play for the University of Texas, you go play for the Detroit Lions, start coaching high school football, and now here you are at Kansas State as an assistant head coach and the cornerbacks coach. So you had this consistency, darn near 30 years committed to doing something that you love. And oftentimes people, when they find that passion, and I'm not saying you aren't going to have changes in your life, but you coach in high school, you were at DC, there were different positions. So it changes, but there's consistency in you doing what you love. I'm going to pour into other people. And when you look at people's lives, often there's consistency because they knew what they were fighting for. They knew that burn and they kept fighting. I'm going to make people wait for for years because I would easily love to flip the stage and put it right on you, but people are going to have to watch the episode of the burn that I'm going to put you through, put you in that hot seat. Right. But the reality is like, you had to go through pain and challenge to sit in the seat that you're in today. And you're probably going to have to sit through pain and challenge and go through it to get to the next seat. Exactly. But if there's one thing I know about you, if we keep you as the example, you're going to continue to pour into other people. You're going to continue to do things like this as busy as you are and say, I want to share with others what it looks like, right? To be your best, to show up, to not quit. You don't have time to do this, Van. I mean, let's be serious. You don't have time to run this pot, but you choose to do it because of the burn and the purpose that lies inside you. Right, right. So, Mr. Performance Coach, world's greatest performance coach, as rated, evaluated, graded by me. <laughs> how do you, how do you measure your performance? So I believe, and it's been a blessing, it's been a blessing to win at a very high level with you on some very big stages with some very big games. And we got a special team here in Manhattan, Kansas this year, and we can help kids continue to focus one day at a time. I think there'll be some special games we're a part of again this year. But I would share with you that even though people may see championship rings or, you know, I've been blessed to help some Fortune 100 companies get to the time and grow and get to the top. That's not how I measure winning. It's not in trophies. It's not in rings. It's not in money. It's your ability and my ability one day at a time to look in the mirror at the end of the day and say, today, did I give it my very best? Hmm. If I can honestly look in the mirror and say, today, I gave it my very best, that's winning. And if I can stack those days on top of each other, 
the byproduct is winning at very high levels, which you often see, which is holding up a trophy, winning a ring, or helping a company grow to a very high level. You kind of been you you kind of answered this next one, but I'm going to ask you anyway, right? Uh, because what I, as a coach, what happens for me is is I get player X, right? This dude walks in and he he just can't get it, right? He just can't get it. And we practice and we watch it on video and, and we practice it again and he messes it up and we watch it on video and he, he, he's just not getting it. And then all of a sudden he gets it. You know what I mean? He gets it. That's, and you alluded to it before, that's kind of where I live and that's, Yes, out here on the field, yes, we get game day, right? But for me as a coach, man, I get game day quite often because that's game day. When I have a young man who can't get it and all of a sudden I see a small thing, I see a technique, I see him get a concept that we're trying to get him to, to understand, that's game day. My question is, is for you, man, what is that thing that, that you know you did it, right? What is that? What is game day? Yes, I know these are some great moments out here. But what is that moment for you that's that's just like a touchdown or just like an interception for Ben Newman? So for me, it comes in the form. Now, obviously, it, we could give you the ones that I, people know the obvious, right? It's it's you and I on the field when Deuce Vaughn runs in for a touchdown. It's it's Juju making a big time play on a big time receiver, right? It's the things that we know people see, right? But the big victories, I'll tell you, it's the text messages that you get. It's the text message that you get five years after you help somebody in a conversation and then they finally get it. Or it's the text message, Hey, you helped me with this. And I showed up a different way. And I just wanted to share with you. I did great. Or I got this big sale. So oftentimes, it's the things people don't see that many people might think are small little victories, but it's when people, and you use this word with the team earlier today, it's when people start to develop their confidence. And you know that maybe you played a small part because you had the courage to say the right thing that caused them to take the right action, that caused them to have that win, to build their confidence. And then they start stacking those days and stacking confidence. And it changes their life. And I think that's the blessing for guys like you and I and the men and women who are in this profession of coaching is that it's the opportunity when we're frustrated, when we don't want to do it, when we're, you and I want to have the conversation like, man, what is going on with this dude? Like, is he ever going to get it? Right. But we hang in there with that young man to say we do believe in them. And it's us instilling that belief in them that causes them to then believe and that to me that that's the power of coaching and that's why I still have the relationship with my two high school basketball coaches that's why I write about them in my books because they had to help me when I thought I knew it all man just right, like us right. as young kids we thought we knew it all yeah I had to go back to them after I went to college to say guys I think you were right every time maybe I maybe I caught you once but you guys were like right every time and so I think it can be challenging for us but we got to hang in there to get those text messages, to, to see people go and get married and have babies and be great husbands. That, that, that to me, those are the victories I cherish. So this one, this question is just, man, is a little bit off script, right? Because sometimes we will do that. Um, it's called an audible. You've had to yeah, deal with a yeah, few of those. Yeah, yeah, red 27, red <laughs> 27. 
So, so, cause I'm, I'm listening to you talk, man. And, and, you know, you help so many people, right? And so my question is, is to you is, is like, who do you look up to, right? Who, who are those leaders in your life that you've looked to? You just give me two. Who are the people, man, that they've inspired you to be who you are and they, or, or they inspire you daily to be who you are? I, I can share with you, <clears throat> there's, there's a lot of them. And, and so you, even though I could give you a simple answer, you know, in typical van or Ben fashion, we're going to give you a little extra because that's what you get when you ask us questions. So for me getting knocked down very early on in life, I mean, I, I was parents divorced at six months old. My mother diagnosed with a rare muscle disease, single mom fighting to make ends meet. She had a rare muscle disease called amyloidosis. My mom ended up having 24 hour nursing care in the house her last year living. And my mother passed away 11 days before my eighth birthday. And she taught me the greatest life lesson I've ever learned. It's not how long you live. It's how you choose to live your life. And that's my burn. That's my fire. That's my passion every day. Now, even though I'm clear on that, man, man, I still struggle. I still have pain. I still have challenge. I still am trying to be the best dad I can be. I'm trying to be the best husband I can be. I mess it up all the time, but I'm trying my best. And so for me to give my best, even though this is my line of work, I still have two coaches. I still read books every day. I have the mentors like Todd Basler, who I mentioned yesterday. And he actually, he actually uh, was here with us when we knocked off Oklahoma, when Jalen Hurts was the quarterback and they were top five in the country. And we ended their national championship run, ended his Heisman run, which I worked with Jalen in Alabama. Jalen, you know, I love you, but like, you got to strap up sometimes against your brothers. And so it's one of those things where my coach was here. I still look up to him. There's a man by the name of John Gordon. So I, I can't really give you two. John Gordon led me to Christ in 2008. And now, I mean, he, I mean, you, you think my resume, my resume is nothing. I mean, it makes, makes me feel like I haven't done anything yet. There's John Gordon. That's one of the most famous books ever written, The Energy Bus. And I'm blessed that that man led me to Christ. And he's somebody who doesn't tell me I'm great. He identifies the areas where he believes I can get better. And so that's what I crave in life for the relationships who give it to me real, where people say, man, like, can I give you some feedback? And I'm coachable. Right. And so I still have the coaches. I still have the mentors. I still go back to my old coaches because I feel like we're never finished, man. We can always get better. And I'm just trying to be my best that one day at a time. Right. So you talked about it a minute ago and you kind of told everybody on earth how old you were, right? I'm not choosing to do that. Right? <laughs> I'm 27, right? Um, but but like if you could talk to if you could talk to that 20-year-old Ben Newman, right? You could talk to that dude, you could sit him down and have a long <clears throat> talk about things that you know now, right? Lessons that you've learned over the years, places you've been mistakes you've made, what would you tell young Ben Newman if you could sit with that man today? Man, you know, to, to go back and, and talk to my old, my old stubborn Ben, right? I think the most, the most important thing I would probably want to discuss and it's a Bible verse that I read every single day, which is Galatians 1.10. Mm. 
right? So it took me accepting Christ in order to learn this verse. But Galatians 1.10 is obviously I'm not worried about the approval of people, but of God. If I were worried about other people, I wouldn't be Christ's servant. And I'm just going to give it to you guys real because that, that's where Van takes me because he and I have a real relationship. I've cried with this man. I love this man. I, I, I would go to war and fight with this man, which we get to do. But the reason why I had to read that is because when my mother died and my father moved back into the house, nothing was ever good enough for my father. So I live with this double-edged sword in my life. And it's this double-edged sword that nothing is ever good enough. So part of it, it's a good thing, right? Because it's like, you just keep going. But, you know, part of it comes with this tremendous amount of pain because I always worried, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? Do I I have it in me? And, uh, man, I don't think you're going to make me emotional tonight, but I've been going going through some challenges with my father right now. I mean, right now, people probably up to this point in the interview until I tell you this. I'm going through one of the top three most challenging periods of time in my entire life. And I I need Galatians 1.10. I've read that verse every single day since I accepted Christ in February of 08. It's one of the first verses because I was always worried, what's somebody else going to think? Am I doing this right? And as a young man, man, that's what I sought after, right? And sometimes like you're, you're looking to do things the wrong way. I was blessed, man. I never got in any trouble, but I ended up doing things the right way, but you think, man, should I go this direction or that direction? But I always had those mentors, man, pull me back here. So I was blessed to have the mentors and coaches because some of the things our natural thoughts is we're going to, we're going to skip ahead or we're going to cheat or we're going to do this. And I've never believed in any of those things because I had the right people in my life, but I I wish I would have known that sooner. And and even today, I still struggle with it. I'm I'm way better because I understand it. And I read that verse every day. But man, there's been so much pain that I've dealt with because I was always worried about what somebody else was going to think. 